This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey, I'm Kelly McEvers, and this is Embedded from NPR. And one thing I want to say before we start the episode, a lot of people we talked to for this series asked that we only use their first names. The stories they're telling us are raw and sensitive, and so we are honoring that request. In the most recent episode of Buffalo Extreme, Cochiani opened a brand new cheer gym, barely in time to fit in some last-minute choreography and training before the first competition. The teams just could not get out from under what everyone calls the dark cloud over Buffalo. Plus, winter storms shut the city down and shut the gym down. In the end, though, they did make it to their first competition stage of the season. Our host, Nakaya McCann, made her way back to university after the break and was following base from there when something happened that shook her. Much more than she expected. When she got her bearings again, she got out her mic and recorder in her dorm room. Okay, so hi, I'm Nakaya. Um, right now I am back at school. A couple days ago at my apartment complex, there was a shooting outside. My friend had just walked out right before me, like a minute before me. And as soon as I touched my door handle to leave, the shots rang. I can hear, like, you know, voices, like, you know, screaming, just panic outside. It kind of set me back. I didn't think that hearing gunshots or running and screaming again would bring those feelings back up, but it, it, it did. What I've been learning about bad memories is that they're kind of like attention seekers, always following you. Hey, y'all, it's Lonnie, a.k.a. Hamster, checking in again. If you go over to Milani's house and just hang out and talk, that's where the good memories come in. Out of everybody at base that wears glasses, she was the only person that I know will put a strap on her glasses or wear, like, you know, sports goggles. Because she don't play by her glasses. When I asked Milani and the other girls on the senior team about how they felt, I just got dry answers like, I'm good now. We're fine. Like, everything's good. I still think about it, but, like, it happened months ago. I finally overcame it, so, like, I'm cool. Yeah. Milani and the other girls were... Just like me. Fine. As long as they kept their mind off of tops. But getting away from something is never easy. Most of them live in that area, so they do have to drive by tops. There's also the mental reminders of other mass shootings. You know, most of the girls watched the entire video that man made while he was shooting up tops. I watched the video. Like, I watched the video of what happened. And I seen the fear on people's faces. Hearing people, like, scream and, like, holler and, like, the noises. Him, like, laughing. When you watch something graphic and disheartening like that, it's not, you're not going to forget about it. My friend, she had Twitch. And she had the link. And we all were sitting there watching it, bawling our eyes out. Like, we wanted to stop it, but we wanted to see, like, ain't no way he's serious. Like, ain't no way, like, he dead serious, he's playing this, like, it's a game. 
that video did make good memories. The bad memories remind you, like, this actually did happen and you're affected. Like, pay attention to me. For Milani, that memory definitely came up one day. It was during winter break. We had this thing called Winter Experience. A tour that her school organized. It was a tour around Buffalo. Which included going back to Tops. Since this Tops was in the middle of a black neighborhood, it was a part of the black history tour. So, we're going to go to this Tops. We're going to shoot it happen. We're going to get out the car. We're going to walk in the Tops. We're going to look around, look at the, the poem in there and the portrait. She's just like, wait, huh? Like, you know, like, wait, what? Like, what are we doing? I was the only black person on that tour. And I'm looking at them like they all stupid. Because I was like, I'm not walking over there. I'm not stepping on that premises. I'm not going in that building. I'm not looking at no poem, no portrait, no shopping, no what look new. I was like, I live here. My house ain't but so far from here. I would walk home. I was like, I was like, I just can't. In the end, they just stopped outside. Milani wasn't the only one that felt it'd never be uh, 100% out the picture. It'd always be like, you know, knocking at your brain's door. I don't know how to open my emotions to other people. You don't know how to be emotional, emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Another girl who's on the senior team with Milani. It's one of those I can't do it. Is Rakaya. Emotions? What's yeah. that around people? Mm-hmm. When my mom asked me, like, who do I see in the program that reminds me of me. Rakaya comes up often for me. Both of our moms are strong black women and they basically taught us like, you know, emotions, it's not, we don't leave it on the table. Like, it's, it's not it's, one it's of those, get up and go every day. It's so. one of those, you gotta be by yourself, mm-hmm. deal with it, fix it. That's how you get through it. She gave me that same answer of, it happened, cool. Shake it off. I'm fine. You know, I'm good. I'm over it now. It's a chip on my shoulder that I just dropped onto the floor. And I'm going to go about my business. It is what it is. My favorite sentence, it is what it is. Were you, like, close to Tops when it happened? Or... Yeah, we was all around there. Rakaya doesn't live far from Tops. She was actually at a park a couple blocks down. Everybody was just doing something so simple and then... Everybody rushing home. Everybody getting phone calls. My mom blowing on my phone. Come home. Talking to Rakaya along with the other girls, I realized another one of the clues that they kind of weren't okay is they were doing like 20 different things to forget about, you know, what's really going on. I will say that I've been more closed off to people. Like, if we was to ask my mom, I would be more in my room with my headphones on, quiet, wouldn't even hear or know I was there. I've been drawing eyes open and closed because if you think about the eye, when you open the eye, you see everything. But when you close, it's just dark. You don't see anything. Can't nothing go wrong. That's why some people use sleep as like... A coping mechanism. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I use sleep, but when I'm sleep, can't nothing go wrong. My mind is shut down. My body is shut down. Everything is calm. trying to be at peace. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I did write a poem about just laughing at stuff. 
Rakaya's poem says, People always ask me, why do I always laugh? And she answers, To brace the burden you have been brought to. Triple B drop. Triple B drop. You heard that. Y'all heard that. That was a little too funny. But laughing lightens the load, right? I'm glad that they're picking up things to make them feel distracted about what's going on. But I think just by some of my conversations, them escaping is a temporary vacation. You're always going to get pulled back in. In February, just when the competition season was getting started, something happened that nobody in Buffalo could ignore. There was a whole big hearing for the man that did the mass shooting at Tops. And she was taken away on my granddaughter's birthday. I felt like everybody in Buffalo was watching. I watched it. Okay, I think this is the sentencing. Auntie Yanni watched from her TV at home. People were expressing like how hurt they were in the courtroom. I talked to Kent four times a day. My brother Ward goes up there and sit there park with Kent like to be. My son called Kent triple black because you're so proud of revenge. It's upsetting because it's just like nobody should have to go through that pain or nobody should have to have that much anger bottled up inside them. Don't like black people. Me, you don't know a damn thing about black people. We're human. We like our kids to go to good schools. We love our kids. We never go in those neighborhoods to take people out. Oh my God, this guy is trying to. I remember like a family member trying to get to him. Oh. Okay, so I'm watching the sentences on ABC News Live. And a relative of Cat just leaped at, uh, what's his name? I think Paul or Peter. The man that did the mass shooting. This does not help. I'm not going to say I wish he would have got to him, but you could really see the true anger and hurt and emotion. This is so much pain for our community. This is crazy. This is so much pain. To have to bring that same anger and hurt and sadness and pain back up like that takes more energy than people think. That's how I felt that day. It's always like a backtrack and then a a keep going and it's like a backtrack and a keep going. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics with vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. This message comes from NPR sponsor BritBox, helping people discover a world of British TV, including new original drama Time, starring Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, and Bella Ramsey, streaming at BritBox.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. 
Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands. But because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. Pro-Palestinian protests have popped up on college campuses across the country. But from the eyes of students, what are we missing? From the outside, these protests are painted as really violent when that couldn't be further from the truth. I'm Brittany Luce, host of NPR's It's Been a Minute, and I'm inviting you to hear from student journalists who see what the rest of us cannot. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. Being a coach at base can be a hard job, especially this year after the Tops massacre. My mom coaches the senior team, and the thing that she just kept saying over and over was just, they're different, like everything is different. And I'm just like, what do you mean it's different here? <laughs> What's different? One example that she gave me was like... I have a group chat with my girls. And I always say, you know, it's an open door policy. A young lady was like, okay, I'm going to text you privately. And she was just like, I'm really struggling. She said, like, my heart like races. And she said, for the first time in, like, months, we passed by tops. And she was like, I feel so sad. And I was like, you know, well, it's okay to feel sad. I said, you could call me if you want to. And she called me. And, like, I was just like, well, you know, get it out. And she cried for maybe about 10 minutes on the phone. And I was like, how are you feeling now? And she was like, you know what? I think I just needed for somebody just to listen. I really believe that all the events between COVID and everything that happened in Buffalo, that these kids were really left at the wayside to kind of fend for themselves and their emotions. So that's when I had really said, you know what, I need to change, like, everything. As a coach, on one hand, you want them to win and you want them to eat the floor up and leave no crumbs and come home with the trophy. Get it together. You have to be hardcore. Mediocre jump, I see, and then you give me this? Like what Atiani said, Nysera wasn't doing her job as a center jumper, so she took her spot away. If you wanted that spot, you would have fought for it, and you did not. It's no time for catering the feelings when you want to win. Why did you get in the first place? Because you were jumping, right? It is what it is. At every competition, you're not giving that. Do that one part again. But on the other hand, it's not always about winning. It's also about making sure the girls are okay. This year, for the first time, Antiani became a little doubtful. Every day I fell. Every single day. That was terrible. Oh my gosh. I've gone home like, why did you say that? Didn't I just tell you, don't do it? Why are you doing it? I'm like, you're so stupid. Don't do it like that. So then you're driving home and you're like, never call a kid stupid. Antiani even took a class this year on how to coach kids with trauma. So what is it? Like what? Um, it's just basically knowing how to work with um, persons in general, not just athletes, but people in general that's dealt with some certain types of trauma. Yeah. I used to coach as, um, I don't care what you had got going on out there, but in here, we you don't drop do that. all that at the door. Drop it at the door. Drop it before you go on the mat. Before you even come out here. And that's how I coached. Now I'm more like, um, you had a hard day? You want to talk about it? We, mm-hmm. You can talk about it on your break. I'll be there to talk to you, and we can talk about it. So it taught me to listen more. Now if you walk into a practice, you'll see a cheerleader like Nysera, you know, have tears rolling down. You just tired of it? No, she got it over to the nose. 
And I could just say, stop, listen, let's talk to each other real quick. Do you see why she's crying? That's called going up and just bending your legs down. People can't take that. I honestly probably wouldn't give a care before. I'd have been like, girl, stop, cut it out. Let me see your face. Let me see your nose, make sure it's not swollen. It just hurt? It's gonna be swollen. <laughs> Imagine if you had a big nose when you come to, <laughs> you come to competition. I'll be like, fat nose. It's gonna be fat. <laughs> you be all right. You be all right. I love you. OK? Back when she was coaching me, it wasn't like that. The first time I cried at cheer practice, you were like, you don't, like, are you serious right now? And I'm like, I'm so serious. Like, I'm so serious right now. Like, bawling my eyes on you. Like, this is not you. Yeah, you giving you, away your you, superpowers. Uh, yeah. Those tears for no reason. Come on now. I guess you could say it's good and bad. It's good because that made us tougher. And then it was bad because we just learned to not have any emotions and drop it. I've learned, though, now um, your tears mean something. It's okay to cry. I can, you know, be soft with y'all, but just seeing y'all always work hard makes me want to go even harder. Like, y'all are so, like, you know, hard body women mm-hmm. that that's another thing that cheer shaped me to be. Never ask anybody else for help. Like it makes you me want to go 10 so times. Harder. I want you to be that strong, but I want you to always know that even though like I would be so strong for y'all when I leave you and when I leave base, I go home to zero and I cry. Those are some of the little things that I regret. Like I, I didn't want to teach y'all that you have to be so hard that you don't need anybody. I probably... I got to teach you a little better. I'll work on that. And I think you're starting to level. Yeah. Like, between your higher bodiness and it's, your, it's a lot, girl. It's, it's starting a lot. to go in there. It's, it's playing off. I think it was more of a struggle for my mom because she had teenagers. I have all high schoolers. I can't do the hammer down coaching like I used to because those kids back then were different than these kids. My mom focused more on making sure that they were okay more than winning. She'll make sure that she texts us, good morning. She'll tell you inspirational quotes. Like She texts us one time and she was like, what can we do better as a team? And we'll just sit down and we have like our talks in the practice where we just meditate or we just stretch out and she'll talk to us and we just say things. That rule of drop it before you get to the chair mat wasn't really a thing anymore because it was like bring everything on the chair mat. The vibe at base was just all drama and people arguing and people feeling kinds of ways because of something dumb or little. She's crying. It was just pathetic. I think that's the word that I would throw out there, pathetic. On Carmen's side, she's weaker. So like she's falling on one side and other. There was a value to what they were doing because it taught them how to work things out independently. Think about it from her perspective, the way you say stuff. You might not know you said it in that way, but you said it some type of way. But it didn't really help performance-wise. Like, we couldn't get what we wanted to get done. Because it's like you wasted your whole two hours. Like, literally, come on. Arguing about something that could have been fixed five minutes ago. Less than 30 minutes. We still haven't even done a fallout yet. I was worried about how they would perform at competition. I was worried that they wouldn't do good. Hey, y'all, it's Lonnie. It's comp day. And 
Right now, I'm feeling very excited. Please welcome Buffalo All-Star But I'm a little bit nervous, like always. Big face on three. One, two, three. Big face! Before base could head to nationals in Florida, they still had a handful of regional competitions in western New York, Pennsylvania, and surrounding areas. Uh, to, put it, to put it frank and firm, a lot of white people. A lot. The senior team was not at its best. All right, here we go. Some girls got injured. Is that me? Some girls just dropped. I guess something happened at school, then she got in trouble. Stunts were falling back to back. Whoa, look at all those deductions. They were often sloppy. Whoa, whoa, I'm going to wax your team's ass. My rib cage is hurt real bad. I ain't never seen them look that bad. But we didn't fall, though. Coach Yanni's team, one time they lost so badly that Coach Yanni had her head in her hands. I'm so freaking pissed off right now. What are you staring at me for? <laughs> but Nysera and the other girls made it their job to make Auntie Yanni smile again. I'm trying to be mad right now. Could you let me be mad? <laughs> You're angry, and my duty I'm is to make angry. sure the coach is always happy. Since when? You got to always be smiling. No. Leave me alone. Hey guys, hola, como estas? Konnichiwa, where we at? We in Florida. At the end of April, they were finally heading to Jacksonville, Florida for their last big performance. What's up, y'all? It's Lonnie in the building. One thing you might not know is that Nationals is not big leagues in cheer. The Summit and Worlds are way bigger than Nationals, and there are numerous Nationals. But we make Nationals our final destination. You better point those toes. Y'all better jump to the gods. Talk to the saints upstairs. Hello. Hallelujah. This year in Florida, it was kind of different. There was a team there that we never competed against. Make some noise for Crimson Heat. It's a black team. It's an all-black organization. Crimson Heat is from Maryland, just a little outside of D.C. They're just amazing. The foundation is amazing. The director is amazing. Everything about their organization is just dominating in an all-star cheer world. Antiani was totally fangirling because that's who she strives for base to be. They started 20 years ago. They have twice as many girls on the stage that we do, you know, love our base family to death, but their audience is twice as big as ours. I want to be like them. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with saying it at all. I was like, girl, yes! I was like, yes! Antiani has been talking to them for a long time. My team was like, why are you screaming for them? I was like, because I love them. Yeah, we love each other. I'm, it's mutual. You're literally, you literally paved the way for, for base to be here. There are other black cheer teams out there, but not in the Buffalo area. And Crimson Heat is just so good. I get to Can I get there? Can I get you will. there? You will. Because right now you will. I'm tired. I just literally, I'm so tired. You will get there. Okay. Oftentimes we think, what it means to win is to get a trophy or, you know, an award. But Veronica pointed to the judges lined up in front of the stage. Today they like you. The next competition they don't like you. Your win is in the judges' hands. 
even if you feel like you had a first place performance. If we tied it to the outcome of a competition, we'd be in a lot of trouble, honestly. And so we don't tie our happiness or our joy or even our feelings of success on the outcome of the competition. We teach our children, if you can look at me when you leave that floor and say you gave everything that you had to give, we're happy. If you can say what you did the last time on the mat till today, you got better, that's success. I guess you can see it like what it means to win is to also have grit and also have that in the back of your mind that you did your best. That's a win in my book. But who doesn't want first place? Who wants to go to a competition and get fifth? So, first, let me tell you about my mom's team. Make some noise for the Black Panthers from Buffalo All-Star Extreme. The ongoing arguing senior team. Here we go! On day one, they did have a couple wobbles here and there, but... They performed one of their best performances out of the whole season. Both stunt groups hit their sequence. Here we go! On day two, they let the teenage emotions run wild on the floor. Their flyer almost fell. Attitudes from the back of the warm-up led to tension on the performance mat. Which led to dead facials. They facials was gritty. Not hitting every stunt sequence. It's not okay. Overall, they did okay. Yay! Yay! Good job. Good job. They gave their best performance this weekend, all season. There you go. And guess what? The girls got first place. The team that they were competing against dropped last minute. I'm just handing out the rings from first place. Here, this is Chrissy's. Sorry, Mom, this is a little embarrassing, but the senior team placed first out of one. Well, I'm going to say to get my ring. I'm going to say right here. <laughs> if they feel like they performed to the best of their ability, then that's all that matters. Oh, you finally got your ring. <laughs> <laughs> Look, eight years later. I'm back. She right here. Oh. <laughs> and now for my Auntie Yanni's team. You already won. What are you going out there to do? Collect your trophy and that's it. Do you understand me? What are you going to do? Collect your trophy. Because you deserve it, correct? They totally ate the floor up and left no crumbs, in the words of Nysera and others. Yes! Yes! Really good high energy. They hit every skill, perfect facials, pointed their toes like I always stress to them. They did everything right. You can't ask for anything more. Every last thing right. Nothing wrong. Nothing. They hit every last They hit zero. We hit zero? Yeah. We hit zero. We hit zero. Meaning no deductions. Ah! Oh! Yes! 
But the competition was Crimson Heat. All-star level two with the highest percentage of 96.75. In the youth level two, Crimson Heat Smoke. Antiani's team took second place. If I ever have to come in second place, that's the team to come in second place to. Hey guys, my name is Nice Sarah. This is my check-in with you guys. I think I was very cocky this season. Like, I just wanted to win everything. And when I didn't, it made me pretty upset. I hate to say it, but they were good. (laughs) They were good. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm going to be there next year. We got what we wanted this year. And we're not going to say anything, but some of us is close to getting their tucks. A tuck is basically like a backward somersault in the air. I'm not going to say anything. Who said it was me? (laughs) So here we are, almost a year from where the story started. I guess there's only one thing left for me to tell you about. May 14th, one year later. This message comes from NPR sponsor ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people across your business, providing intelligent tools to help remove frustration and supercharge productivity. And all of that is built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Learn more at servicenow.com slash AI for people. On the TED Radio Hour, researcher Sasha Lucioni says AI can help us find climate solutions. But just training the technology itself uses a ton of energy. Training ChatGPT, for instance, emits as much carbon as five cars in their lifetime. Tech's climate conundrum. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. This message comes from PRX. In the new season of Long Shadow, host Garrett Graff delves into the evolution of the debate over firearms in the U.S. from the founding fathers to the present day. Find Long Shadow in Guns We Trust wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Wild Card, we talk with Issa Rae about those moments where our lives could have gone another direction. Definitely wasn't supposed to be with that guy at all. At all. But I still think about it. I'm Rachel Martin. Issa Rae tells us how to make peace with the path not taken. That's on the Wild Card podcast from NPR, the game where cards control the conversation. Now that Antiani has this huge gym, she has really big goals for it. We're going to go a little harder. We're going to stay focused. We're in the gym on time this season. You know, we didn't lose five and a half months, you know. So the goal is to give them what they lost. She wants to get as many kids in there as possible. I want to give them the more happier version of me. I mean, I'm happy anyways, but <laughs> I want to give them a more celebratory of me. Like, I'm just always, I like to celebrate majorly. So I want to celebrate all their wins. I did those things on a very small level this year, very small. And it was just like, I felt selfish if I celebrated. And I promised myself this year I won't feel like that. Woo, my auntie, my auntie, my auntie. 
What I want for her is to know that her hard work is unmatched, baby. Can't nobody touch her hard work, like, at all. Hopefully today I will feel like we can not close this chapter, but we can start writing the next chapter. Ma, here, you want your Mother's Day gift? Well, one of them? May 14th marked one year since the Tops Massacre. Happy Mother's Day. It was also Mother's Day. So you gotta eat with us. You know that, right? You hungry? She made grits and fried fish. <laughs> it's pretty normal. Let me see the picture. You, no, it's on your phone. Bless you. Right now, it feels like Mother's Day. But the next thing they did was pack up and go to a memorial at Tops. All right, let me go get dressed. When they got there... I feel weird. It was more of a press conference than a memorial. I thought it would be like people talking, like a grievance area. When you walk into the parking lot, there wasn't even a place for people that really want to pay their respects to stand. There's a community chat for us to go talk to, but no one's there. Two big tables, a case of water bottles, no chairs, and a big sign that said community chat. That's, now that's the picture. A community chat with no one there. So you want to go grieve and talk to somebody? Who are you talking to? I wouldn't go up and chat either. There's a guy in this house right here, abandoned. Look at the window. That's a sharpshooter guy. Good morning, fellow Buffalonians. Beautiful day. It's Mother's Day. There were cameras there. Day we celebrate. A life that comes into this world. People were speaking. This community, a testament to the simple fact that hate did not win on that day. You know, that's when the, the little rage in me comes out. We are here for you. Because it's like you could pick anybody from the community, but you would rather pick somebody with a name like a senator or a mayor. Thanks so many members of our community. Why is he talking so well? I can't hear him. Nobody feels comforted if there's senators on top of a, you know, a podium saying blah, 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 and womp, womp, womp. We are people that have to think about it every day, not just on the anniversary or not just on a marking of six months or a marking of two years or three years. We think about it every day because we live here. We live right here. What is that? I didn't see it, but people told me that there was a rainbow circling all the way around the sun. Oh my god, I've never seen that. Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Nature does things in mysterious ways sometimes. I'm not a person that revisits trauma places. I haven't been in tops. I don't care if the furthest grocery store is an hour. I'd rather just not go. 
What I did do was have a long conversation with Rakaya. I, I feel some type of way because it's in our city and it's close. It hit home, but it's not happening to me, so I don't really have no true emotions towards it. Right. So it's more. You ever talk to somebody and you just be like, you know, if I don't cut this off, I know we're going to talk all day. I'm not a person that is good with like grieving or like. Me either. I can't. That's one of those conversations in a good way, though. It's more of a numb but sad feeling. Yeah. I kind of felt like I should have been at the community chat table then. That's how a community chat should go. Twelve months, bro. Yeah. Like that's 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 wild. One of the things that we talked about was change. I hate 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 change. So you do you think that the like just looking like from a year ago that this has changed you or like it has changed everything around you? It's changed me a lot. Like when I tell you, it made me grow up so much. Like. I don't think as a child is born in my body anymore. Like, I feel so grown. Like, I could play and hee-hee-ha-ha behind closed doors, but when I'm around people, it's like, I got to act like this. You can't play and be goofy because there's times where you need to be serious. A1 yeah. serious. It's changed me a lot. It took something negative for you to change. It didn't take you like, something oh, like, positive. let me just change my life. You know, like, let me just change my life around. It took him coming down here, you know, doing that for you to change. And that's what I've been talking about on the podcast. Like, nobody expected this. And it has changed y'all in ways that you were not prepared for. It's like literally changing y'all outlook on everything. Do you think that, that comes from Yes, like, it's making us all grow up. We can't be kids no more. The kids that's little kids... They acting like they 13 and 14, and the 13 and 14-year-olds is 20 and 21 years old. Everybody is. You know, the conversations like this don't stop because the podcast is over. So I hope that they know that they are worth listening to. Whether they feel like, you know, I don't know, or I don't like this answer, you know, I feel stupid for talking, like, we all feel like that. Those conversations are very beneficial, and I hope that they keep having them. I think that's what I'm going to definitely take away from all of this is talking. You know, I don't always have to be quiet. I don't always have to be just push everybody away and keep it closed off. I don't know about crying. Um, but definitely with the talking and the asking for help, you know, those are two things that I want to keep. Hi, this is Lonnie, and I wanted to say that doing this recording thing made me realize how much I actually can say about bass that is so amazing, and it's it's just it's just something that no one will ever understand how much bass is a family. Yeah. We went through a lot of downs, but also no matter what, we always stick together. And it's amazing learning how to grow with a team that you have trust in. But before I keep talking for hours, I'm going to sign out. Lonnie Lonnie signing out. Until next time, love you. Peace.
This episode of Buffalo Extreme was reported by Marianne McCune and me, Nakaya McCann. And it was produced by Marianne and Dan Germa, Abby Wendell, Nick Nevis, and Andrew Mambo. It was edited by Katie Simon and Vera Lynn Williams. And to my mom and Auntie Yanni and all the base girls who gave me the opportunity to talk with you, I just want to say thank you. It meant a lot to me. This episode was mixed by Josh Newell, and it featured local Buffalo music projects from Pro Social, Steven Vitiello, and Superheroes by Mike Vandermouse, Cheer Mix-A-Lot, and Romero by Federico Duran. Visit our website for a full list. Our host is Nakaya McCann. Liana Simstrom is our supervising producer. Embedded supervising editor is Katie Simon. Our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Our project manager is Lindsay McKenna. Anya Grundman is NPR's Senior Vice President for Programming and Audience Development. Special thanks to Laura Hogan, Tony Cavan, and Micah Ratner. Also to Hannah Rosen, Noor Buzidi, Liza Yeager, Taka Zen, Whitney Jones, Cassie Solomon, and Christine Bukowski. To hear bonus episodes, sign up for Embedded Plus at plus.npr.org slash embedded or find the Embedded channel on Apple. You will be supporting our work, and we appreciate that. And you will get to listen to the entire season sponsor-free. That is plus.npr.org slash embedded. This message comes from NPR sponsor Betterment. The drama of having an enemy-turned-lover is never chill, but your investing portfolio should be. Betterment is the investing app that lets you be totally chill about your finances. Their automated tech makes it easy to get in the market and stay in the market. Save the drama for that moment when you realize your mortal enemy is actually your soulmate. Betterment. Be invested. And totally chill. Learn more at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress... Therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at BetterHelp.com NPR to get 10% off your first month. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts, only from NPR.